Welcome to the Pure Desire Podcast, helping you take back your life from unwanted sexual behavior and betrayal trauma. Happy cold winter day to you, listener, unless you live somewhere tropical. I am your host, Trevor Windsor, and you're listening to episode 284 of the Pure Desire Podcast. Here joining me, as always, is my co-host, Nick Stumbo. Harry, your hands are freezing. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Truly. Would it help you if you knew that's what Lloyd said to Harry? Oh, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. Yes, Lloyd and Harry from Dumb and Dumber there traveling in the Rocky there Mountains. That's right. Gosh. And they get into a fight and he says, Harry, your hands are freezing. <laughs> Gosh, Which I'll are, tie in in a second why he said that. There are, I don't know if you know this, did I tell you that when you did the intro from Lord of the Rings that I got pub- like by a friend in a group thread got shamed for you, not you knowing? You said that, yeah. They're like, I feel like on. I'm going to get another one <laughs> because of this one. I didn't catch it right away, but... That's okay. We talked about a lot on the episode today, preparing for negative emotions That's to right. come up. So I'll just, just prepare for that. giving you an opportunity. <laughs> uh, we had Robert Vandermeer, Bob Vandermeer, uh, who's one of our clini- clinicians on today for week two of our Health for the Holidays series. And we talked about managing our emotions. Yes. A very appropriate conversation as we're in the holiday season. And mm-hmm. uh, in the movie Dumb and Dumber, they go to the Rockies and um, it's found, discovered that Lloyd had two pair of gloves and Harry's very, very angry. He's like, you had two pair of gloves because he's been freezing. And uh, he says, yeah, it's the Rockies. And so there was a self-awareness there that Lloyd had. He was prepared. And because he was prepared, That's he didn't awesome. experience something negative that Harry did mm. who was not aware and was unprepared. And in a, in a way... That's what we're talking about with emotions. Like yeah. you can't, in a sense, prevent going to the Rockies in this illustration. Mm-hmm. You can't prevent emotions from coming. Right. But there can be some steps we take to be prepared to handle them well or to kind of let them hit us yeah. and handle them poorly, which we've all seen examples of, whether it's us or someone else reacting yeah. in anger, stuffing emotions and disappearing, yeah. ending up doing something where they're relapsing into their yep. addiction, whether it's sexual or you know drugs and alcohol or eating addiction. Like- There's just all kinds of negative things that can happen if we're not prepared. And so I think today's episode is a way for us to process what are things we do to be prepared because the other theme that came out really well in the episode is we're all humans and we're going to experience emotions, Mm -hmm. good and negative. And um, if we're prepared and know that's coming, then I think we can handle them well and um, hopefully still have good relationships when it's all said and done. Totally. Listeners are going to realize how excellent of an intro that you just gave was once they hear the episode. I'm excited for that. They're going to be like, ah, okay. Yep. 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 Uh, okay. Before we get into our time with Bob, uh, Nick, we are running a, a campaign that's called Access Granted. And we really are trying to find better ways. And it's each year, specifically this year, we are pushing to give more people access to healing and freedom. And we're raising $250,000. Why don't we tell people what we're raising it for? Yeah. Have you ever been on a website where things just aren't working? Like you're trying to check out or you're trying to use their product. And just, if it's clunky, if it's malfunctioning, you're like, even if you really know the product is good, you may end up not going there or visiting. I remember it in college, my seminary degree, it was on a lot of it was online, and the initial uh, program we had to use, I just hated it. Yeah. It was so hard to navigate. I was like, I love the program and the professors. I don't know if I can do this yeah. because it's so right. obnoxious. And you know, thankfully, where we're at with our website is not that bad. Uh, but we know that more and more people are coming to us as a resource for their healing, and that can include online groups streaming video series that we mm-hmm. use, different digital tools. Yep. And if, if those don't work well, there's a possibility people will miss out on healing simply because the the functionality of what the, the vessel that's being offered to them didn't work right yep. or didn't scale with the needs. And so that's what we're really preparing for is a future as we're seeing every year. Um, the, the growth in many ways is exponential. People coming to our website, people joining online groups, people listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. And we need a, a web vehicle that can handle that and yep. expand into the, the things that are coming, like more languages mm-hmm. and even more resources. Yep. And that's why yep. we're, we're overhauling our website. We're not just redesigning it to make Mm-mm. it look prettier. Top to we're actually rebuilding the engine that runs it. And yep. that's a pretty daunting process that I think a lot of ministries our size just don't take on because yeah. it's, it's it too so expensive, expensive to yeah. do. Um, but we're uh, following a game plan that we think is doable for us. And that's where the $250,000 will go to is that overhaul. And we're already into phase one from last year's mm-hmm. fundraising, 
But phase two is the biggie and it's the expensive one. And that's what we're raising funds for is because we believe this will make that front door to healing at Pure Desire larger than it's ever been and more sustainable than it's ever been as we continue to help more people. Yeah. So if you would like to be part of the Access Granted campaign, go to puredesire.org slash give. A few more things before we get to our time with Bob. Subscribe to the podcast, follow us on social media, and this full episode will be up on YouTube. And with that, here is week two of our Health for the Holidays series with Robert Vandermeer on Managing Emotions. Bob Vandermeer, long time no podcast friend, welcome back. Hey, thanks guys. Thanks for having me. We, if I'm being honest, are used to having you come into office and do these podcasts. And so there's a little like you know, I don't know, maybe it's just in connection with what we're going to talk about, but there's some motion that's coming up because of that. So anyways, glad that you could at least join us via Zoom. You are one of our clinicians and a busy one. So we appreciate you making time for it. Um, and we're in week two of our Health for the Holidays series. And today we're talking about managing our emotions. Uh, and this is obviously a big part of recovery and healing and is absolutely a big part of the holiday season. So with that, let's just jump in. Um, Bob, we are often told that the holidays are the most wonderful time of the year, right? And now everyone has that song stuck in their head for the rest of the week. And it's this joyful season. Um, but there can be tons of emotions that we experience. So why is it important during the holiday season to be aware of all these emotions going on? Uh, yeah, no, that song is stuck. It was actually stuck in my head before we, before you just said it. Uh, yeah, when, when I was getting done with my last session, I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about the, the holidays. And then I started singing that. And I started making up alternate lyrics. Oh, okay. Yeah, about why it's not the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> and then... And then I was like, no, I can't, I, no, I can't sing some of those things. Okay. You, you don't want me to sing. <laughs> there but, we go. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, so why is it important to, to, to dial in and even just be aware of what our emotions are? I think because we have, we got the intersection, like in the holidays, like there's this, this confluence of so much stuff happening, right? Like we've got a, a break in schedule. Uh, and we're also for a lot of people transitioning to like winter time where mm-hmm. our, like our physical activity habits are different. Our eating habits are different. Um, like we maybe have money, extra money that we're having to spend, or there's the expectation that we're going to spend extra money. Yeah. For right. Sure. There's like, there's just a confluence of all this stuff. There's travel, there's family, there's time off. Uh, like we're also still just getting over all of the fall colds that our kids get at the beginning of school. True. So, I mean, there's just like this, this confluence of so much stuff happening that um, it's easy to, to get overwhelmed, but also just ignore our emotions. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many, there so much emotion there that it seems pretty pertinent that we would try to figure out what's going on. Mm. Yeah, uh, emotional awareness is important at any time of the year, but yeah. I think particularly in the holiday season and with Christmas, it matters because of that feeling that we're supposed to be happy. You know, it's it's supposed to be mm-hmm. the most wonderful time of year. And, and whether it is or not, I think what we might do yeah. to ourselves is almost, we've talked about spiritual bypass on the podcast, and this is in some ways, maybe not spiritual bypass, but just human or emotional bypass of like, oh, I'm, I'm not supposed to feel that way because it's Christmas or because it's this or because we're with family. I'm supposed to be joyful. And and if I'm not, we might be tempted to just try to ignore it and move on and get through it. Yeah. And that often leads people to pretty unhealthy places. And so I think just recognizing the pressure that we may be put on ourselves uh, or that other people put on us, like yeah. you're supposed to be happy. It's Christmas. And it's like, if I'm not, and I just ignore it, that's that's only going to lead me to to unhealthy places. Yeah. And I think being around the holidays, we spend a lot of time around our family and being around our family brings up a lot of stuff, like brings up all our family of origin, the brokenness, maybe some of the, I know for me personally, um, about five years ago, um, maybe a little less, we had a, a really big family thing happen. And to me, every time the holidays come around, it's just a reminder of that. Mm. Now that moment, that big experience we had didn't happen around the holidays. But when it gets, I guess, like rubbed up against, it's like an open wound that when you like walk by someone and someone rubs up against it, it like hurts, it stings. It's just a reminder of like, oh yeah, things aren't the way they used to be. 
And that isn't always necessarily bad, but it just can bring up a lot of stuff, a lot of the negative emotion or what we perceive to be negative emotion that we're just actually numbing out on. Um, and for, you know, for whatever reason, the holidays create the situation where they just bubble to the surface and we can't avoid them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the, the question about like, why is it so important? I think part of it for me too, is because I want to be ultimately present, mm. uh, with my family, right? I want to be engaged. I want to be like, n- like not just physically present, but emotionally present. Yeah. And, um, in what, in what is also a very memory building time of the year, mm-hmm. right? Like, so it's, 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 I've got all my own memories from it, but for my kids and my family, like we're creating our own new memories of this. And so it's important for me to, to kind of be aware of my emotions so that I can be present with them. Yep. Absolutely. So let's drill down a little deeper in that. I mean, Awareness of emotions and processing them is important for everyone, and at the holidays especially so. But particularly, um, why are emotions and our management of them so important for those of us that are on recover a recovery or a healing journey? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what we're that's what we're doing in our groups. That's what we're doing in counseling, right? Like that. I think that like the emotional awareness uh, is what we spend so much of our time doing. That's what we do in the faster scale, right? Yeah. Like that's what we do in our check ins. Uh, I mean, that's, um, that, that, that's so much of what all this is about, but I think that one of the challenges that comes up in the holidays and why this is important is that there's the break in schedule. So chances are our seven pillars or our betrayal and beyond group might not be meeting Mm. because we got Thanksgiving and then we have Christmas and then we have new year's, right? Like we might be traveling. So we might not be meeting as often. Mm -hmm. We might be less available uh, for check-ins. Yeah. And so like, there's also this break in our recovery patterns and, uh, you know, which that in and of itself creates a vulnerability. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's important to know because, and we talked about this a little bit in the first episode last week of the series that we have these expectations of what the season is going to be like. And then when we experience disappointment, it's very easy for us to find ways to medicate that pain that we feel and that disappointment. And that's what drove us to the situation we're in, in recovery, you know, like it's the, ouch, that hurts. I don't know how to deal with it. Oh, porn, masturbation, sexual brokenness. This is a way to numb out from it and to medicate that pain. And so it just, in a lot of ways, the holiday season can set us up to meet disappointment often and if we don't learn how to identify our emotions and manage it well, then we could end up going to old behaviors um, that we don't want to do anymore, or even new unwanted behaviors in order to medicate that, that pain. Yeah. What I jotted down is that unprocessed emotions lead to unwanted behaviors. Mm-hmm. You could write that down. Unprocessed emotions lead one. to unwanted behaviors. So if, if we're being triggered by anger in a family setting and we're not processing what What's going on? Why am I feeling this? What's getting triggered here? And we just stay in that moment. We're probably going to end up in having some kind of lashing out, yeah. saying something we regret, getting angry. So it, it definitely applies to our sexual behaviors as well, because many have that in their story of, boy, I, I disengaged, I numbed out, I ended up places I didn't mean to mm-hmm. go, I relapsed. But I think it can happen in overeating. It can happen in emotional outbursts. It can happen in you know drinking too much, just the, the regrets that we have in life, I think usually we could tie back to, they start out with emotions we didn't process well. And because mm-hmm. we didn't process them, they yeah. led us into ways to try to artificially deal with how it was making us feel yep. Yep. that in the end just made it all worse. And the emotion still was kind of sitting there waiting totally. to be dealt with. So the more we can be aware of not only what we're feeling, but then as we've talked about a lot when we've done podcasts on emotions, is that the emotion is just an indicator. Mm-hmm. It's just letting us know something's going on. Yeah. And we've got to have the space or ability to process why, what's, what's driving this? Where's this coming from? And we might realize what I'm feeling, oh, it's not that big of a deal. And I process it and I let it go. Or it might be a moment we realize, wow, this is actually tapped into something pretty deep. Mm-hmm. And I need to think through what's going on. I need to get with my spouse or group member and kind of share what I'm feeling. Yep. Um, either could be true. But if we just try to ignore those emotions, it's going to lead to places we'll later regret. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the last thing we want to do during the most wonderful time of the year is relapse. <laughs> right. Right. Like, yeah. like we don't like to relapse during that time, whether it's sexually or with any of the other things that you mentioned, Nick, like we're, we're going to end up feeling shame about that stuff. Yeah. And if it is a sexual relapse and now we have to disclose that to our spouse 
you know, on Christmas Eve, well, you know, that's going to be a wonderful Christmas morning in our pajamas, right? Yeah. Like we're going to, like, we don't want to do that. We don't want to self-sabotage to these times right. that really can be mm, yeah. like a wonderful time for reflection and connection and all yeah. of this. And, um, uh, I have some friends that, that, uh, he's in recovery and his wife told him when you, when you choose to not participate in self-care, you're choosing to neglect our family. Right. And I think wow. that's kind of a similar thing here that if, that if we are choosing to not pay attention to our emotions, we are choosing in essence to be less available, to be less emotionally present and to put ourselves into a vulnerable spot for yeah. relapse. Yep. And and then there's also the thing where if we get into these cycles during the holidays and we do end up in some unhealthy patterns, whether it's relapse or not, a lot of people think, well, I don't want to bring it up right now because right. we're, you know, it's the holidays. And so they end up maintaining a secret yeah. like throughout the holidays. And then when they do finally disclose, it's like, well, all right, now we just tainted the entire, you know, time. So there's just like, there, there's no, there's no good way around that other mm -hmm. than like work hard to stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, that takes us really into the next question. And the reality is that emotional awareness does not come easy. It doesn't even come natural for any of us. So what does it look like to become more aware of our emotions or be able to identify them? Uh, I think the three circles uh, exercise, right? We, um, mm -hmm. we call it the relapse prevention tool. I, I like to call it the intentionally healthy living tool. Uh, <laughs> nice. really, right? yeah. really, that's what we're trying to do with it. Right. Um, but, but holidays and family time almost always fits into the middle circle of that tool. In other words, areas that create vulnerability for us. Mm. And, um, and so just being able to acknowledge, okay, yeah, this, this is what it is. Like, I know this is putting me in an emotionally vulnerable spot, not pretending like, well, this year it's going to be different. You know, this year is not going to be challenging, uh, like it was before. Uh, but no, okay. This is like, this is what it is. And when we do that, then we can build some structure around it. Like, okay, do I need to have more check-in phone calls? Right? Do I do I need to have more honest conversations with my wife? Like, do I need to set an alarm in the middle of Christmas dinner on my phone that goes off and I go in the other room and I do some deep breathing mm. and I pull my wife aside and I say, Yeah, you know what? I'm feeling really insecure about this and this and this, but I think what I really just need is a hug. Right? Like that we're just yeah. we acknowledge, no, that this is going to be challenging. And so let's just approach it in that way, not as if it's a failure to admit that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, what, what came to mind for me is I think with emotions, a lot of us, and maybe it's stereotyping a little bit, but I think especially for men, we need to learn to get more specific with what we're feeling, go deeper with those thoughts. A lot of us just categorize, you know, the gl glad, sad, mad, or as I've heard someone on our team say, happy, sappy, crappy, <laughs> that I'm either angry and mad, I'm feeling happy, or I'm sad about something. Mm -hmm. But really, if we go deeper to say, oh, it's not just that I'm feeling anger, I'm feeling disrespected. Why, where did that come from? Or I'm feeling embarrassed. I'm feeling um, foolish. I'm feeling like a failure. Because the more specific we can get, the easier it is then to take that connection to, well, where did this come from? And it may be, you know, the way someone told a joke at the family dinner that really made us feel embarrassed. And, and we don't appreciate that. If, if all we think is, well, I'm mad at them, I'm angry at them, we may not get to that connection point of what, what about my story? Yeah. Is this a trigger for embarrassment? And we might process it and realize, boy, that was more of a me issue because it connects to my past. And I really do mm -hmm. trust this person. And I know their heart. I know they were not intentionally doing that. I might be able to process it and let it go. Or maybe I realize like, wow, this is an issue I have in a family dynamic that, yeah. that I've continually felt embarrassed by them or put down by them. And I've never had the courage to address it. And maybe in an appropriate way, you could lovingly address something that you realize is part of a wound that you've carried. So I think when we put, can put language to it, even happiness, it's not just that I'm happy. I feel, I feel thankful. I feel appreciated. Yeah. I feel seen. Mm -hmm. That can even make us more aware of what are the good emotions I'm feeling versus just, oh, I love Christmas. It makes me feel so good. Like, well, why? What, what is it contributing? And the more specific we mm -hmm. are, I think the more actionable it becomes for us. Yeah. I think the faster scale is obviously a tool that we would highly recommend in this arena. Um, knowing that, you know, it's, it is a relapse tool to understand what gets us there, but it has a lot to do with emotion and emotional awareness. Um, you guys know, this is a, that's just, you know, 
the same old record for me, but journaling is just something that facilitates internal explore, like exploration for me. I'm able to put words down and really dig into like, how am I feeling in this moment? And as I write, this is how I'm feeling. How does that make me feel? And what is it connected to? And, um, but I even, um, I think it was yesterday, I recently had um, two people in my life who almost verbatim said the exact same thing um, with, you know, some of the recovery my wife's going through right now at, at the time that you're listening to this, you know, people wanting to support and two people said the exact same thing, but one really irritated me and annoyed the crap out of me. And one felt super loving and great. And I just turned to Amy and I was like, why do I feel this way? Why is it that when this person does this, it makes me upset. And when this person does the exact same thing, I'm totally fine with it and love them for it. And that's that giving, that's creating that space to give language to it, but then also inviting other people into that process. Um, Where at the time she was just like, I don't know, let's let, you know, let's keep talking about it. So we'll circle back and she'll have thoughts and inviting other people into that process can also help me identify my emotions and start to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I am, I'm, I'm wondering, as I'm so, I'm sure are the, the viewers, uh, why you gestured towards me, Trevor, when you said someone made you feel happy. <laughs> And then you gestured towards Nick when, but I mean, that's mm, cool. Okay. Well, I mean, that's good. That I guess, I guess it the sounds people like a who, you issue, Bob. Go back to that. Yeah. Sounds- <laughs> yeah. If you're not watching this on YouTube, then you under, you'll have no idea what he's talking about. So thanks for calling yeah. that out, Bob. Appreciate it. Love yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, in, yeah. in light of that trigger that Bob's feeling, let's, let's go deeper with some of the examples or situations that we might specifically share. What are unhealthy ways that we um, or maybe people in general often express emotions while around family or during the holidays. How do these emotions tend to come out? Mm. Yeah, I uh, I can I can picture my own like manic expression on my face, like in the in the depths of the holidays. Yeah, uh, it come like I the it, the moment that I picture this the most is going to a you cut Christmas tree farm. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, here in the Pacific Northwest, a lot of people will go to a place to cut down their own Christmas tree and like, we want to make it a family event. Uh, there's usually hot cocoa and, you know, on a fire and whatever, but also there's this other thing in the Pacific Northwest in the wintertime called rain. And so it's usually rainy at the Christmas tree lot and it's muddy and it's wet and my kids are whining. And I always get to this point, well, not always, historically, I get to this point where, (laughs) Uh, like a Clark Griswold quote is running through my mind where he says, this is going to be the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny bleeping K. <laughs> right. And he's got this like raised look on his face. It's yeah. like, this is going to be a happy Christmas. That's right. Right. And so I think, I think for me, there's like, there's so much expectation yeah. that it's going to be good. Right. There's so much expe- expectation that I'm, I'm going to be a good dad this Christmas. Mm-hmm. Right. That we're going to connect perfectly as a family. And, and I have the expectations mixed with the pain from my past of family and, yep. you know, like my broken family and Christmas as being in different places. Like I have all that mixed in. And if I'm not processing it, then it's going to erupt on my kids, you know, in a moment where it's like, you know, I'm getting upset about them trying to find the perfect Christmas tree. Yeah. Right. As opposed to me that day earlier understanding, Oh, Bob, you're feeling stressed out. Like make sure that you're just like taking some deep breaths and Mm -hmm. checking in and giving your kids the space for this to be like an adventure instead of you being so task oriented that, that you're not there to participate in this. Yeah. And I think the two things that come up as you're saying that, Bob, are anger and control. Um, Control meaning um, when I get uncomfortable or I'm feeling emotions I don't want to, a great way to manage that is to manage other people or to manage my context. And a lot of the times that comes out with being very, very critical and being very, very angry. And when people look at you and say, why are you so angry right now? You know? Like that's probably a good indicator that there's some other emotional things going on under the surface. And that's maybe that eruption that Bob was talking about. Um, but I think another one that I see often and try to not do is just passive aggressive like that. Oh man, the holidays. I, I just feel like that's the Super Bowl for passive aggressive people every year. You know, it's just, it's an, it's a, an ability to be around people to say what you actually feel or are thinking in a way that 
you know, sounds nice or lovely or whatever. But I think that those are really just masks. Um, you know, I know for anger, it can be a secondary emotion. I know passive aggressive is usually an indicator of something much deeper going on. And so I think that at least in my experience, those are the things that tend to come out. Yeah. For me, I realized in my story that SA not only stood for sexual addiction, it also stood for my primary method of dealing with these emotions and that's to stuff and avoid. Mm. And especially at Christmas, that's my temptation or in, in some ways my pattern. You know, I don't want to make waves. I don't want to make a big deal of it right now. Um, if it's with my spouse, I don't want to make her feel bad. It's Christmas. We're all supposed to be happy. Um, or if we're on a trip, it can feel like, well, I'll deal with it later. Yeah. Um, and, and certainly, you know, there are moments like it's not the right moment to bring it up. You know, if you're in the middle of trying to take a family picture, it's not the time to be like, we need to talk about this. Um, but I, I think I can take that attitude just like the whole Christmas season. Like, I'm just, I don't want to deal with it. I'll be fine. You know, overall things are good. But what I look back on is to see how unhealthy that was for me yeah. um, because it did lead me. I've had in my story parts where Christmas and relapse did go together. And I think it's because of that pattern of stuff and avoid that I didn't deal with things in a healthy way. And I wouldn't even realize that was driving me into more isolation, more ways of numbing out, whether you know on my phone or TV or just kind of avoiding relationship because I hadn't dealt with a lot of little things. Mm-hmm. And I, I think of our family story like, None of these were major, big, like we have an overall relatively healthy family, but that doesn't mean it's easy. There were still lots and lots of little things I needed to deal with and often wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So I I think that's for me, when I realize I'm just avoiding, I know I'm feeling something, but I'm just stuffing it. That that for me has become that red flag. Oh, this is a danger zone and I need to go through what's happening. And then, like I said, maybe sometimes it is just self-awareness that I can let it go, but other times like, you know what, I've, I've really got to approach a family member. There's something I need to say because this, yeah. this is not healthy and it's not good for me. Um, so if you don't process it, though, you never get to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Trevor, you said the word masks, uh, like a, like with anger, uh, irritability, control. Mm-hmm. I think if we're, uh, if we're talking about people going and spending Christmas or holidays with their family of origin versus like with, the, you know, their, their uh, spouse and kids, I think there's this other part that comes out in us with family of origin too, mm. where I know like for us, Rebecca, like the first time, first Christmas she spent with my family, she was like, wow, you were like just really sarcastic and <laughs> like maze, like you guys are just making jokes the entire yeah. time. Right. And I realized like from her pointing this out that, yeah, when I go home with my family of origin, like I kind of shift into some of the roles that mm-hmm. I played that I perceive myself playing or right that are or that were maybe spoken to me. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm with my family of origin, if I'm not really intentional about my emotions and how I'm feeling, I will easily shift into wearing these other masks of being mm-hmm. like the funny one, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Or, or being the antagonistic one or yeah. the spiritual one or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, fortunately my wife, you know, she'll be like, dude, quit, quit doing that. <laughs> right. Like, oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, um, but it, I, you know, I know that if, if she hadn't pointed that out, that it yeah. probably would have taken a lot longer for me to realize, Oh, Oh no. Like I'm not dealing with my, my stress, my shame, my emotions, how I feel like I do or don't fit in with my family. Yeah. Instead, I'm just like acting out all of these other roles right. to try and feel safe. Yeah. I think that is one that people need to be aware of, you know, and the, and the older I get, the more I'm convinced sarcasm is uh, a spiritual gift, but it's also one that can be really damaging. Like it is one where you actually can be passive aggressive and can be angry and can be acting out or um, really lashing out at other people through it. And it, yeah, I mean, I know for me, sarcasm, like truly growing up, it was part of the DNA of my family. Like it was almost like a love language where if I love you, I'll show you affectionately through sarcasm beating you up. And the older I get, the more I realize that it actually is just it's an outward manifestation of discomfort I feel inside. And so I have to be aware of that. I think a lot of us need to make sure that we're paying attention to how often we're being sarcastic too in the holidays. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks for really walking us through sarcasm, Trevor. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. My dissertation's coming out in a month. Uh, okay. So let's look at the, how we do this. Like what does it look like to manage our emotions in a healthy way? We've already talked about some ways that it doesn't work out in unhealthy ways. What does it look like to do it healthy? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've been kind of throwing some bits and pieces in there, um, as we've been going through this, but I think it looks like being present. 
So managing our emotions, like, and being present just means like, what are you feeling? Are you like physically and emotionally in the room? So if you're starting to feel triggered, you're starting to feel like insecure or uh, you're starting to feel like irritated, like, oh, wait a second. Okay, that's how I'm feeling. So to give yourself uh, the practice and the space to just like feel what you're feeling and but also to have some some planned moments where you can like interject uh, or I'm sorry, intersect with other people to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Because otherwise we just get swept in. We get swept into the holidays. Like, and so like, I feel like for us, you know, that's for us, that starts in at the end of September because that's when Rebecca's birthday is. So I, so just for us, we've got my wife's birthday. And then a week later, I have both of my kids' birthdays. And then whether or not you do Halloween, we got Halloween and then we got Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. And it's like, we get sucked into the yeah. holidays and then we get spit out in February, <laughs> right? Just in time for, just in time to be romantic with your spouse. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and so if we're like, if we're not just pausing to say, how am I feeling right now? And have I set up a uh, structure to mm-hmm. work through that? We're just going to get sucked in and spit out. Yeah. Yeah, I think about how often emotions are a byproduct of other, everything else going on in my life. And so if I'm making healthy choices elsewhere, then having healthy responses to emotions is far, far easier versus mm-hmm. if I'm ignoring guardrails, not choosing to have margin, then negative emotions and expressing them poorly is probably going to be yeah. par for the course. And so specifically related to like Christmas and holidays, if I'm at a family gathering and I choose to stay up too late and eat too much and drink too much, then the next day, if I'm grumpy and lashing out at my kids, it's like, well, is it because I haven't managed my emotions as a parent or was it because mentally and emotionally I, and physically, I was just in a place like I could not respond to anything well. And so I think it's being um, honest with ourselves about yeah. our limits and being able to say, well, you know, I, I may be able to stay up late for an event and have that for one night in a week. But that means the next day has got to be low key or I've got to be able to get extra rest. And I'm probably not going to do that two nights in a row or whatever the case might be. I mean, you need to know yourself, but looking ahead at your holiday commitments, your Christmas trips, whatever family stuff you're doing and just saying, where, where will I be tempted to lose sight of my, my healthy margins in life? Because that's going to lead to unhealthy emotional responses. And so the two, I think just tying together healthy choices. Yeah is going to lead us into dealing with emotions in a healthy way. Yeah. I think, um, I think we need to recognize, accept, and then plan for and around our limitations. I think we expect a lot of ourselves. And, you know, for that point, like we're not these like young men anymore. Like when I was 18, I could be up till like 3 a.m., get up at seven and be like, let's go. Like, let's conquer the world. I got this. Well, I and can't at, do at that 18, anymore. your negative emotions didn't impact people near as when you're totally in your thirties yep. and you have a wife and yep. you have kids yep. and like 18, you can get away with being grumpy in the 100%. morning. You're like, he's yeah. 18, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Just give me some bacon and some coffee and I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but I think that we need to definitely understand our limitations and plan around that. But I think, um, you talked about earlier, um, Nick, like, um, emotions being indicators of, of things going on. If I see some, an indicator, a bad indicator show up on the dashboard of my car, it's like, oh, okay, this needs some work. And I think that we need to, like a good way to manage it is not just be like, oh, I'll eventually get to it. Or, oh, that's not actually a big deal. Because if you don't address that, it is going to be a big deal. Your car's going to break down. You're not going to have anywhere to go. And then guess what? Negative emotion is going to show up. Just FYI. But I think that we need to give space for that, honor that. And then we need to like, take action steps. You know, I was thinking about maybe we're at a Christmas party or something like that and a negative emotion, or again, there's no negative emotions. When an emotion comes that we don't like or we feel is negative, in that moment, we could just like tap our spouse and be like, I just, I feel like I need you to share really quick. I'm not, I don't need to unpack it now. Maybe we can get to it later, but I'm feeling really triggered. I'm feeling really sad or I'm feeling really angry and just giving it space quickly and then knowing you're going to come back to it later, I think even that can go a long way where it's just like, I'm angry. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm angry. I'm not going to tell anybody. It's like that, you know, finding pockets, you know, I think Bob, you'd even talked about it too. An alarm going off, going out of the room, doing some deep breathing, things like that can be so helpful because you're giving it that space, honoring the emotion that's really there, but then knowing, okay, I've identified it. I don't have to address it in this moment, but I do need to come back to it and then making plans to come back to it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think like uh, along with that, even just owning what we need to own, mm-hmm. right? Like, we're, so we're going to be interacting with people, and uh, like, did we say something? Did we do something? Right? Do we like? How can we? How can we circle back? Um, right. So, for instance, uh, like when you were talking about sarcasm, and I made a, a sarcastic joke at the end of that, mm-hmm. right? Like right afterwards, I noticed that my like literally my face got like I felt like flushed in my face. I was like, crap. I don't know if Trevor. Like, I don't know if that landed as a, as a joke, right? Yeah. Or if that was like, if, if that came across as rude. So for me, like in a relational, and this is a relational environment, right? So I would come back and I would say, hey, Trevor, like, I didn't mean for that to sound like rude or mm-hmm. uh, minimizing of what you said, uh, right? So I'm actually saying that right now. Hey, mm-hmm. Trevor, I didn't mean that to sound rude or minimizing of what you said. That probably wasn't the time for me to make a sarcastic joke, right? Yeah. So I think like we get to come back and own totally. what we need to own because that's like in the holidays, that's part of it is there's either all of this relational stuff happening and we have anxiety from that, or there's a, like maybe there's a lack of relational stuff happening. Cause that's, that's part of it too, is it's like, well, how are, how are we dealing with whatever it is that's in front of us? Um, and yeah. so, Hey Trevor, I'm sorry if that's not, if that felt minimizing to what you were saying. Yeah. I mean, I hate huh. you. We're done being friends, but it's fine. Whatever. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Dark turn. So- but oh, like, but I think, <laughs> I think that there's something to be said though, that like, there is a fear that when, even in this space and, you know, full transparency, like that means a lot to me. I didn't take it that way. But in those moments where we own our stuff, there is a fear where I can't control how that person's going to respond. I can't yeah. control if they're going to be angry or upset or dismiss it, or just be like, you're being dumb, whatever. And so I, there's that fear. And I think that fear is what keeps us from owning some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, because there may be some relational difficulty that happens if I say, Hey, I was being sarcastic. I'm sorry. And if, you know, you, if it's yeah. your spouse, if it's a family member is just like, I hate it when you do that. And then walks away. It's like, well then crap, why'd I even say anything? You know? Yeah. Well, on the other hand, then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely and, I know. Mean, that's what I love about what you guys are saying is that I think we need to walk into the holidays and Christmas with an awareness that I'm probably not going to do it perfectly. And I shouldn't expect myself to. I'm if you've got a, a large family and there's Christmas stuff or Christmas pictures or mm-hmm. visiting the Christmas tree farm, I mean, those are good things to do, but they're going to be hard. Yeah. Like not everyone's going to be in a good mood. The weather's not, there's just things that happen that are normal human stuff. And we're going to get angry. We're going to get mm-hmm. sad. We're going to get a little out of sorts. Yeah. And if we give ourselves permission, not just to you know act poorly, but to be like, you know what? I'm human. I'm going to get angry, but then have that commitment to following through, following up, going back, you know, being the first to own our stuff, being mm-hmm. the first to apologize, that's, I think, the gift of emotional self-awareness we bring to others is to say, you know, when we were getting ready for the family picture, I realized I got really triggered and angry because I felt like others didn't care about getting ready the way I did. Mm-hmm. And I took that out rather than expressing how I was feeling. Yeah. I just took it out on you and the kids and I'm sorry. And yeah. I think when we bring, you know, an apology to someone that isn't just, hey, I'm sorry, I did something, but is also rooted in it. What we understood was going on in us and it gives them an insight into mm-hmm. us that that can mean a lot to people and so um in 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 line with that you know as we're thinking about regulating our own emotions realize that we go into the holidays around an, a lot of other people that aren't necessarily going to regulate their emotions Those perfectly people. um so how do we maintain healthy management of our emotions when we're around others uh usually due to the stress of the holiday season who aren't managing their emotions well yeah um I think we can anticipate it, yeah. right? So back to the three circles, mm-hmm. like we can, we can look at our middle circle. And if you're not familiar with that tool, it's in some of our resources. Maybe we can give a plug for that later. I yep. don't know. Yep. Uh, but uh, you know, the middle circle, we, we list people, places, things, times a day, whatever that create vulnerability for us. And so if we know that if we've already listed time with our family as a vulnerable spot, okay, then let's prepare for that. Yeah. And so by prepare, by prepare for that, I mean, like, let's plan on making a check-in phone call or text message before the time with our family and after the time with our family, right? Like, if we know that going back to the house we grew up in is triggering because that's where we were either, you know, emotionally or physically abused, experienced trauma, yeah. or maybe that's where we did a, a majority of our acting out sexually as a kid, right? We know we're going to be back into a space that is triggering for us. Let's prepare for that. Like, let's make sure that we are um, creating kind of bookending, maybe self-care mm-hmm. around this event, That's good. Uh, right? But but to go in um, naively 
uh, I don't know, maybe that's not a fair word. Uh, they're going with the expectation, like like you guys were saying that, okay, no, this is going to be good. Yeah. Right. This is like to go into that expectation for ourselves, just like we're setting ourselves up for failure. Yeah. Uh, let's go in with, the, okay, no, I know this is going to be challenging because I already listed out these people. Right. Yeah. I love these people. I want to be around these people. Mm-hmm. And these people bring some things up for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and so to create structure, whether it's self-care, doing things that are refreshing, you know, deep breathing, personal promises, or just making check-in phone calls and texts. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, boundaries and making a plan were the two things that came up. And sometimes those, those can be the same thing, honestly. Like, okay, we're going to go into, we know the next three days we have three Christmas parties. Okay. Got it. So party number one, we're going to stay until 6.30. Party number two, we're only going to stay for an hour. Party number three, we're going to this one maybe can be a little bit more open-ended. We don't have anything day four. Um, or we may show up a little later, giving ourselves some more time and space to relax the day the day of that third party. Something like that. I think those can be boundaries that you put in place that help you to manage your emotions, to help you um, kind of come down from those. Because those, those parties, especially if they're with family, can be emotionally taxing, whether we want them to be or not. Um, but, you know, as I was thinking about what you were saying, Bob, about planning for stuff, my, uh, I think of my youngest brother who, um, I love, adore, and I don't get to see him very often. When we do family stuff, I get to see him, but, um, he's also like, he just likes to, he gets worn out and likes to go into his room and like check out while people are still there. And it's like, Chad, don't you know, I want to see you? Like, why do you always do it? And so for me, even going into these holidays, understanding that if I am going to see him, I already know what he's going to do. And so just plan for that. Just plan when I see him, take advantage of it, hang out with him, you know, like give him a hug, tell him I love him. And then when he goes into his room, it's like, Trev, we planned for this. You knew that Chad was going to go into his room and it was, it's going to be okay. And then even talking, you know, to Amy about it, my wife beforehand or processing it with a group member, something like that. I think that that, um, that helps us get us into the right mindset when we enter those spaces that we know have been and we know can be challenging. Yeah. The the phrase that comes to mind, and I think you're both talking about it, would be the phrase self-differentiation. And that's a long word, but it just simply means knowing where you end and I begin and mm-hmm. that there's a difference there so that what you're feeling doesn't have to be what I'm feeling. How you're reacting doesn't have to be how I'm reacting. Mm-hmm. And I think especially in family of origin situations, people we've known a long, long time, there tends to be cycles of, well, he gets mad and then I get mad, or she gets negative and I get negative. Yeah. He becomes critical and I respond. And just if we can see those patterns, I think it's healthy to go into it saying, when they experience emotion X, I can still be authentic to me. Because in self-differentiation, it's really a self-awareness that, that I can control me. I can mm-hmm. control my responses, my reactions, but I can't control you. And especially if we're a people pleaser, especially if we're the person hosting an event, especially if we tend to be service-minded, that can be part of our MO. Like why part of me feeling good is that I've helped you feel good. Yep. And so if you're not feeling good, then I'm also not feeling good. And that just can set a lot of people in an unhealthy direction. And so I, I think it's okay to want to serve others. It's okay mm-hmm. to want to host a fun party. It's okay to want people to enjoy an experience, but you can't get to that place of feeling that you're responsible for their emotions and that if they get angry, now it's your fault and now you're angry. It's, mm-hmm. It just gets really unhealthy. So having that plan and communicating along the lines of, I can control me and I know what emotions I can bring to the table and how I can help. I think that that's a mindset that just can really make a big difference in those gatherings. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And that question that we have, we said, how do we maintain a healthy management of our emotions? And I think that like Nick and that self-differentiation, it's like, how do we pursue a healthy participation in our emotions? Right? Like we can't main, we can't maintain like it's a static, all right, we got good emotions and we're okay. Right. Yeah. And I don't even know we're trying to manage our emotions by saying like, these ones are good and these ones are bad, right? Like you were saying, Trevor, there aren't bad emotions. Mm -hmm. There's emotions. So how do we pursue this like ongoing participation? Like, because we're not like, we want to participate. We don't want to just shut them down. We want to say, okay, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling that? Right. Uh, uh, But Nick, I loved what you said that it's like, those are mine though. Yeah. Like those don't have to be. Right. dictated by how other people are, are, are acting, feeling, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Trevor, you said in the boundaries. Yeah. It's like, these are my emotions. I'm responsible for these. Let me, let me like participate in yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, find out why they're there. Cause there can also be some healing that happens in that, right? right? If we're, yeah. if we're at dinner and we realize that we get triggered every time, I don't know, somebody cuts into the Turkey. Right. And then 
because for us, that reminds us of how we were a kid and we always wanted to help carve the turkey. But, you know, dad always told us just to stay the hell out of the way because we're <laughs> messing things up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for us, it's like someone's cuts into the turkey and we're just reminded of how. And man, I, I never thought of that. Yeah. until I, we just until we just cut into the turkey right now. And like we can actually have some healing in there. Mm -hmm. And so we're not trying to, I don't think, dismiss them or manage, yeah. but maybe like participate yeah. in that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that is good. Um, I think an only a small addition to that is that um I know for me I feel pressure that if I'm feeling sad or if I'm feeling upset or disappointed, I somehow don't want to show that because I don't want to disappoint people or let them down. Where if you go to a Christmas party and you're feeling sad, that's okay. <laughs> like it's okay if you're feeling sad. You know, when someone says like hey, are you doing okay? And you're like, yeah, I'm totally fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, and if you're, if you're not, like, it's okay to be honest. And knowing that their re reaction is not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to own where we are at. Mm -hmm. Okay, as we wrap this up, week two um, of this Health for the Holidays series, what final tips or advice can we give to both men and women um, who are in the recovery or the healing journey and they want to manage their emotions in a healthy way during the holidays? What would we say? I think we keep coming back to like, have grace for yourself. Mm. Uh, right. I mean, what, what are you feeling? Um, it's not bad. It's not right or wrong. Uh, but just have grace for yourself. I mean, the, the expectations that, that you have for the holidays, the expectations that you have for doing it better this year, you know, whatever, yeah. I think like God's expectation is that he just wants to like cherish us in this moment and that we can participate in this relationship. And, um, and that, I, I mean, ideally that's the goal, right? Like even in our recovery, what we're doing, the opposite of addiction is connection. Um, and I think even as we're working through trauma, like what we want is we want to be able to have healthy, safe relationships with people. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, you know, wherever you're at, like for this particular holiday season, just to have the grace for yourself to be where you're at, right? That doesn't mean to stay isolated. Uh, that doesn't mean to stay maybe angry or bitter. Uh, uh, but yeah, just be honest with yourself and have grace for it. And God's expectations for you uh, are just that you are, you know, present and um, in relationship as best you can. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that you're being honest and working through things. I think. Yeah. Yeah. What came to mind for me is the the Stockdale principle, which is not usually applied to this sort of thing, but it's what um, Stockdale thought of when they were in uh, imprisonment camps in World War II and looking at who were the people that didn't make it or survive were often the people that were optimists who were saying, we're going to be out by Easter. Yeah. And now we're, we're going to be out by Labor Day. We're going to be out by Christmas. And they lost hope and they, they died. But it was those who had a, a hope of freedom that held on to that future oriented goal, but also really accepted the reality of their situation that this may last. We don't know how long it will last, but we will endure. And I, I think when it comes to holidays, if we have those two things in place, that we accept the reality of our situation, both where we're at, maybe in our own recovery, where our marriage is at, where we're at with our kids, where our family's at. And when we don't give in to those unrealistic expectations of being the perfect family, if we know like, you know, um, this is going to be rocky. My relationship with my parents when we go is not great. Things are going to probably at some point not be perfect and that's okay. I'm just going to embrace and accept that reality. And yet... If I'm looking towards something that is a goal or future oriented, that really helps. And so that's what I would encourage everyone to do is clarify, what do you hope to get out of this holiday season? And it, it, not something unrealistic, like what's well, going to be the best Christmas ever or, you know, or else. But if, if we had a goal, like uh, my goal is to have three meaningful connections with this family member, yeah. even though I know a lot of other things yeah. around that are going to be rocky and unstable then I, I'm focusing on that goal. And if at the end that happened, we had those three good connections. Or if I'm yeah. thinking, I want to create three good experiences where we do something as a family. You know, if, if, if that's happening, mm -hmm. while I'm also maintaining a realistic view of my relationships and how things are, I think I'm able to handle a lot of negative stuff that comes, whether it's things I'm feeling or yeah. others are doing. It's like, you know, I kind of expected this. This is the reality of where we're at but I'm still going to be able to move towards the things that I'm really hoping come out of this holiday season. Um, and, and I would share those, you know, those goals or those f future oriented thoughts with a friend or family member, your spouse, 
uh, to find out, is this a realistic hope? Like, mm -hmm. is this something that we could work towards? Yeah. Um, and if it is, then I think keeping that in mind, like I said, it allows you to weather the storm of a lot of other things yeah. because you still see that the things you were hoping for are coming to pass. Yeah. My only tip is just to remember that your emotions uh, are not bad. Emotions were given to us by God when he designed us. Uh, it's part of who we are holistically. Um, and to give them space. I, I really, you know, I think of um, using a tool like the feelings wheel where you're able to identify yes. and point yeah. to here's what I'm feeling. I'm not just feeling angry. I'm actually feeling rejected or what, like whatever it may be. Um, but I really think that that's something we need to really ingrain in ourselves is that our emotions are not bad. The fact that I feel them is not bad. The fact that these feelings make me want to do things is not bad. That's the way it's set up. And so we need to give space for and honor our emotions because they're part of what make us who we are. Yeah. I thought of one more thing, if I can throw it in Please, there. yeah. Um, the final, I, final tip. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, is to create some some traditions, like mm. for yourself, right? Because the, like the rhythm of holidays, it, it is tradition in the sense that this is when the holidays are, right? There's a rhythm to it. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe to create some traditions that are for you or for your family, mm. some traditions that do bring rest, some traditions that do bring joy and meaning to what you're doing. Um, like I know, you know, for us, like we listen to a lot of vinyl records. And so like the first record that I put on, on, um, the day after Thanksgiving is the Vince Guaraldi trio, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas. Nice. And it's like, it's this emerald green vinyl. And like, I put it on and like, we play that and there's like, and it, so like we've created this tradition for us that I look forward to. Yeah. And it brings like, as soon as like the, the, the record starts, like there's just this kind of peace and joy mm. and, you know, and, and so like we, it's different. I didn't have that. That wasn't a tradition I grew up with, but that's a tradition that we started. Yeah. And, um, and it helps, it helps us to, like, it helps me, but it just, you know, it helps us to kind of connect in a way. And yeah. like, there's some, some food that we make that, um, is traditional for, um, for Rebecca from Venezuela. And so there's stuff that we do that it's cool. It's like, no, this is our tradition. And this does bring a new meaning and a new connection and a new tradition for us Yeah. that, um, that doesn't carry some, maybe of the baggage from old stuff. Definitely. That's good. Very practical. Yeah. Clearly from our conversation, health for the holidays is very possible specifically with managing your emotions. It, it is possible. You just have to give it space. You have to process it. You need to invite other people into it. Um, and we hope wherever you're at on your journey that this is helpful for you because believe it or not, we have to manage our emotions every other season of the year too. It's just, this is one, you know, as I mentioned earlier, they, they just bubble to the surface so much easier in this season. So just know that your emotions are important. They should be honored and that you can manage and process them in a healthy way. And Bob, you have helped us understand how to do that better today. And we obviously love and appreciate you. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah, love and appreciate you guys too. And wherever you're at on your journey, Pure Desire is here to help create a roadmap for your healing. If you or someone you know is impacted by sexual brokenness or betrayal trauma, go to puredesire.org and begin the healing journey today. If this podcast is helpful on your journey, please share it with others. Make sure to subscribe to it. Drop us a review. It helps other people find the show. And each week we are putting out new content to help you on the road to healing and freedom. And lastly, never stop being healthy.